Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to Microbrewed Sports. I'm your host, Alex Wolf, here with my boy Pete again. What's up, guys? Uh, I think we, uh, this is episode seven. I think we titled it Week 5 NFL Preview, but we got some other stuff to cover today. Yeah, because guess what? Here come the Yanks. Yeah, he's here in his Yankees t-shirt and everything. Uh, fresh off the game, literally ended, what, 20 minutes ago? Chapman just sat yeah. down the side in order? We pretty much just watched the whole game and then we're like, alright, let's get ready to pod. So it's all good timing. It's been a great night. Yeah. Should start off a little shaky. Yeah. A little scared at first, but I thought we were gonna have a miserable ass Pete for yeah. this pod. Me too. <laughs> Me too. But let's get some to some beer first. What are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, I have great bottle and great art here. It's called Redheaded Stepchild by Tall Tales Brewing Company. That's out of Parsonsburg, Maryland. Another Maryland beer. Yeah. Why the hell I'm drinking so many Maryland beers? But uh, it's an Irish red ale. So I typically do like Irish Red Ales, and it's got a 6.2 uh, alcohol percentage. Probably has some crab in there, too. <laughs> yeah. If you're from Maryland, like our friend Dooley, like you just have to have Old Bay on your hip at all times. Yeah. It's required. It is. People who were born there get their social security number and like the a little side tiny... Side of Old Bay. Side of Old Bay. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking Victory Homegrown New American Lager. Uh, it's pretty solid. Why are you drinking Victory? Oh, well... For the second week in a row, both Pete and I are happy when it comes to football. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I wouldn't get, <laughs> Amazing. I wouldn't get used to that if, we, if I were us. Uh, yeah, I Alex shouldn't. We, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a what a week, man. But we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, as far as this beer here, uh, 4.8%, so you can slug a, a good handful of them without uh, drooling all over yourself. And uh, so far, it seems pretty easy to drink. Nice. Um, I'm going to get further into it obviously and let you guys know at the end what i'm really thinking about it but so far so good um so let's get back to some baseball yeah i'll let pete take the the lead here since it's his yanks yeah it was a big game tonight so we had luis severino squaring off against Irvin santana i know we had talked about at least i had talked about last pod that i thought Sonny gray might get the nod right because of his experience in playing in this kind of game before but as i told you earlier he had struggled his last two starts, so it kind of looked like it was going to be Seve the whole like for the last couple days. Like, right. all right, we're going to start Seve. He's been our guy all year. We hope he's going to be the guy moving forward. <clears throat> so let's give him the start. He came out a little flat, right? And I a couple bragging points that I'm going to come across today, but uh, I did say that because they played each other pretty recently a few amount of times, you I did say a high, higher scoring. You game. did say that, yes. So I mean, I got that right. Yep. But continue. Yeah, I get in that in that regard. I was placing more faith in the fact that Seve. Or Sonny, we're going to keep him to a lower scoring game, right. and that Santana was a strike thrower mm-hmm. and would keep us on our toes. But well, a lot of times these neither of card, that, yeah, neither of that, ha- none of that happened. A lot of because the overmanaging in these do or die games, yeah. it will stay pretty low scoring because the leash is so almost right. non-existent. But it just didn't work out that way, right? So uh, anyway, Sevy goes a whole third of an inning, gives up three runs. 
We immediately have to bring in Chad Green, First our hitter of the game, our right-handed yeah. um, Andrew Miller weapon, basically. Yeah. Um, and basically, we talked about Brian Kenny's bullpenning strategy. That's basically the what bullpen ended up happening. pitched eight and two-thirds innings today and gave up one run. There you go. He basically called it. Yeah. So I mean, hey, hats off to you. Ken. Hats off to Brian Kenny. But uh, yeah, so the Yank- the Yanks get down early in the first inning. Dozier leads off with a home run. S, uh, Eddie Rosario hits a two-run shot. We're down three nothing. Guys on second and third, still only one out. We bring in Chad Green, gets a strikeout, gets a pop up, and we're on to the second in- or on to the our half of the inning where down three nothing. Down three nothing. We get a leadoff walk from Gardner. Yep. And a, a- well, what you really need there, and like this is where they become the twins, but like. You just need a shutdown. Anyway. You do. Even giving up one run hurts. Right. Because it's like, if, if Keep, the Twins go into that bottom of the first well, and just get a 1-2-3 inning, or even a lot of base runners, whatever. Like, if you can just hold on to the momentum, that stadium was dead after the top not, of the first. Yeah, not to mention, they have runners on second and third in the first inning. Oh, yeah. Back-to-back strikeouts. Back. Yeah. Okay, yeah, back to, yes, you're right. Back-to-back strikeouts. So, like... And I believe if the first one was Buxton. And I went on a rant there where right. I said, like... And, like, I played some baseball, and obviously it was a much lower level. But, like, if I wanted to ground out to second, at least at the level I played at, I was able to just be like, look, I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to hit a light ground ball to second base. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's as easy as that, but he did strike out on a pitch right down the middle. He did. Let's well, say Anyway. I think you just have to hit a ground ball But he, right here's side where the Twins, like, we've been their daddy since, like, oh, yeah. the early 2000s. Yeah. We've played them in the playoffs multiple times. We've beaten them every single time. Yeah. Well, Here, and I here's saw where, that I think you guys haven't lost the regular season series to them in like 15 it's years. It's ridiculous. We yeah. own them. Yeah. So here's the time where you have to put the foot on the throat. They yeah. got us down 3 nothing. They have to show you they're if for you, real. If you, go, if you put us down 5 nothing in the first inning, that is a real hole, and people start to get worried. Yep. People start to probably do try to do too much at the plate. Yep. Chad Green comes down, comes in, shuts it down, and we still have life. Three three runs for this Yankee team isn't a big deal. We, score, we tend to score runs. Yeah. So right away... Uh, Gardner gets on base with a walk. Judge has a great at bat. Right, fights fights off a pitch. And I was saying for that at bat, I said to give him the unintentional intentional right. walk, which I mean they held him to a single, but that moves the guy to third, and uh, it looked like the ball that he actually hit was a ball. Yes, they were kind of doing what I said. Yeah, they didn't want to, They weren't giving a fastball. They were keeping right. him sliders away. But he he muscled one in the outfield, um, and eventually Didi Gregorius comes up and. Shows he has the biggest balls on the planet and goes yard and Apparently. ties the game up right away. And you're just like, here we go. Yeah. Game, game's back on. And, I mean, from there, it was... Bottom second, Buxton had that great catch at the wall. Yeah. Which ended up knocking him out of the game, which is another big turning point. Right. I don't think we ever... Did we hear for sure what that was about? Probably concussion. I, I don't think it was a concussion. Because okay. he ran the bases the next inning. Remember, he beat... To get their fourth run to actually... T- we took the lead 4-3 okay. and to tie it up. Remember, he... Hit into the fielder's choice right. and beat it out. So I don't think it was a concussion. I can't remember. I'm interested to hear about Yeah, I didn't, unless I just missed that part. We did. They were talking about it, but we missed it. Okay. Um, but yeah, from really from there on out, it was pretty much a Yankee game. I mean, Judge hit his hit a home run, which I was very excited about. Gardner had a, a full count two out. Yes, he hit a home run as well. Um, yeah, it was pretty much all Yankees from there. I mean, the Twins, I guess, made us sweat a little bit. Chad Green ended up getting in the jam, but David Robertson came in and took care of business. And from there on out, it was really... Chapman had an easy, breezy... Chapman night. was easy. Um, Tommy Canely looked great. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody just kind of came in and did what they were supposed to do. And the Yankees pushed across another... Well, they got the judge home run to make it 7-4, and then they pushed across another run in, I think, the eighth inning on a Hicks basis loaded walk. Yeah. 
and you know it was just kind of easy breezy from they there. Just kind of outclassed him at that point. Yeah, and it's a game. It's a game like I said, I expected to win, just because I think we are a better, by far a better team than them. Well, the they time, don't have the bullpen to keep up with us. They lost a hundred games last year. They, had they no did. Business even being in the playoffs, right? If we're being real, you're probably right. They just had a. They had a good put together season. year. Yeah, yeah. Put together. I don't year. expect to see them in the playoffs again next year, unless they upgrade that pitching staff mm-hmm. and add like add some bullpen pieces and add another starter. I I mean I like some of their young bats. Eddie Rosario yeah. can Sano play. Sano can really hit. Sano can really hit. Who we mentioned was not in this game. Yep. Still dealing with a shin issue. They definitely have some bats and they have some good young pieces, but they right. they need a better bullpen and some more pitching for sure. So well, that who doesn't? Yeah, most people do. But one thing I want, two things I wanted to touch on. Very excited that Judge had a big game. Yep. You're kind of worried. He had the big start, then he slumped, then he had a big September. You're hoping in a playoff, in his first like playoff game, he's not trying to do too much up there. Every at bat he had, he was not giving anything away. Right. Even even the later later points of the game when we, the lead we had a three run lead, he works a walk in like the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, and you're always, great at bat. Down to down to two strikes as well, and he just works in a bat. So he right. wasn't giving a bat away, which I was very excited about. You're you're always kind of concerned um, whether or not anybody in your team, yeah, with their Who, first time, like whoever right. your star is, it's their first time in the playoffs. Like, are they going to be Jeter? Are they going to be A Rod? Are they going to be, you know, Schilling? Or are they going to be Kershaw? Right. And it's like you're always a little concerned. Like I remember Doc Halliday when he had his first one. It's like, oh no, what's going to happen? It's like, oh wait, no hitter. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was a good sign to see. Um, also. Wanted to touch on Greg Bird looked great, and I think he's going to be somebody that could really help us in this playoff run. He was expected to do big things this year. Has been battling injuries all year. Had a good September, hitting I think six months or six home runs in the last month. Um, he's going to struggle against left-handed pitching, which he did in a base or runners on second and third spot. He struck ended up striking out, but uh, definitely liked his approach tonight. Yeah, worked. I, he was early in the game. It was like a one and two count. He works a walk. He gets an RBI single later in the game. So, um, so some, some guy, that's definitely a guy who I think will benefit us greatly. So really add some depth to our lineup. Quick off the top of your head then, what is your expectation for the Yankees then? I mean, we're going up against the Indians who have right. a murderer's row of pitchers. So you expect to lose the series? I can't sit here and tell you that I expect to win this. I would, okay. I would anticipate us losing. How many games? But here's what I'm thinking. I, I, it just feels like a fun team. Uh-huh. We're young. We're excited. We don't seem that afraid of the moment. Right. We're going to find out when we play the Indians like what real pitching looks like right. and what a, a bullpen who can go toe to toe with ours. Yeah. So and they have. I mean, they have the experience. They were just there last year. They have a lot of guys who've done a lot of things. I'm, I'm going to say Indians uh, in four. Oh, okay. Three one. Yeah, that would probably be a fair assumption. I mean, I. My guess is that we're going to start Sonny Gray game one, uh-huh. and then it'll either be CeCe or Seve for game three, or game two, and the, whoever doesn't start will start game three. Right. And you would think it would be Sonny, then Seve. Interesting tidbit is that Franco or, or Francona is not starting Kluber. Right. One. He's not. He's starting Trevor Bauer. He's like a mad scientist out there sometimes. Sometimes we're like, eh, I don't know what you're doing, man. Right. But a lot of times it works out for him, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't get behind and it's having like, one of the best pitchers in baseball and not pitching in game one. Yeah, it's an interesting strategy, and he's not using Salazar as a starting pitcher. He's probably yeah, going to... It's Bauer they're going with. Well, right, and but even game four, isn't that slated for Tomlin? Josh Tomlin? I, I think it might I saw be, that yeah. today. And so, then it was game five, if, nef- if necessary, it's going to be Kluber. My, but it's not, like you, it's not like if Kluber pitches game one, he can't pitch game five. You know what I mean? Right. It's Yeah, it's an interesting thing to see. But my expectation, if it gets to a game four, is that Tomlin... 
starts off the game, but Salazar is the immediate first option out of the pen. Right. And I mean, maybe maybe they'll just use deploy Salazar like they deploy a bunch of the other guys. Like it'll be whenever, and he can just come in for two innings, you know, a couple days apart, and do whatever. But um, I would anticipate the Tomlin game being a short game. Okay. If if it goes that far, hopefully. So can I get a serious prediction on it from you then? Oh man, I'm gonna say we take him to a game five. Okay. Indians and then from the, in five, I would have to say Indians in five, but. When you get to a game five, man, anything can happen, right? Right. If we potter before just, that, you're going to say that you went. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, ex- I mean, it's hard not to sit here and not be excited. I'm yeah. very, we have all the makings of a young team on the rise. We're here right. a year too early. Oh, like, nobody expected us to be here. So I'm just, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. It's going to be fun for you, I guess. Unfortunately, there's no new Phillies news. So, well, maybe a new manager. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, driving the Chase Utley boat, by the way, in case anyone wants to hop on that bandwagon. Chase Utley for manager of yes. the Phillies. Player manager. Here's the Well, player manager would be great, but I don't think that's <laughs> realistic. My logic here, and I haven't read this anywhere, which is disappointing me, because uh, I don't want to be the only guy on this bandwagon. But you are. He's 38 years old. At this point, he, his, his help to a lineup is limited to basically veteran leader. He's not really bringing up too much else at this point. So... 38 years old, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't necessarily expect the Dodgers to be like, hey, come on back. At that point, he might be facing a decision whether or not to walk away from the game. Most beloved player in Philadelphia, not just Philly's history, Philadelphia history. Bold statement. Yeah. But might be true. I, I 100% think any legitimate Philadelphia 4 sports fan is going to be like, yeah, it's Chase. Everyone loves Chase. Okay. But anyways, uh, bring him on back. Who knows baseball more than Chase? Right, like, but how many guys he, have just left the game and immediately started managing? Not many Not that many. I could ever think of. Like, really, I don't know any of them off the top of my head. I think I could be making this up, but did Babe Ruth do that back in the day? Well, yeah. I mean, Pete Rose is a player manager. There yeah. have been player managers. Frank Robinson did right. it. Pete Rose did it. But like in the modern era, especially with how guys, um, how a lot of managers but use, here's, here's use a difference. lot of sabermetrics and things like that to base a lineup off of. Like, right. But I don't know. I think it's I think so. it's something you need to gain a little bit of experience on sitting on a bench. I think there's a big difference though between like baseball managing and like nfl coaching like nfl coaching well, you need to work yeah. your way up the ladder i agree with that but I there really are think some that nuances someone like chase utley who's been in the game his whole life could just step in and manage but whatever we'll see how it goes i don't actually expect chase to be the, the manager yeah, but i don't either god damn would i be pumped yeah but Ugh. is there anything else you got on baseball before we move to football go yanks okay all right and then there's one other thing kind of speaking of terry francona i had to rip Colin Coward, a new one, before we actually move on to, to football here. <laughs> By the way, I love Colin, Colin Coward. He has a great way of making points that, even if you don't agree with him, sometimes you're like, huh, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, in this case, for Alex, it doesn't work out. But anyway, yeah. here we go. So he went on a rant today, just blindsided, sucker-punched Philly fans out of nowhere about how we're the dumbest fans in, in sports. All right, This coming a couple days after we just beat the West Philadelphia Chargers... <laughs> and it just completely took over LA. I, I meant to look it up as one of my notes here, but I didn't look it up. How far away is Philadelphia to LA? Like three thousand miles? Something like. I that. wanted to get the exact knowledge. Nowhere near. We li- there was people on TV literally saying like without exaggeration, this is seventy to eighty percent Eagles fans. Like it's. I mean, when you guys converted on like a fourth and one. Yeah, there was literally we, there was defense, cheers. Yeah, like cheers. It going. was bad. Yeah. Um. So I mean, dude. In my opinion, and I'm biased, but most passionate fan base is what you want to, is the word he was looking for. But <laughs> let's let's delve into some of the moronic things he was talking about. Right? He's right. talking about how we chased 
Terry Francona out of town, best manager in baseball, according to him, which I'm not going to have a huge yeah. argument with. Great manager. How we chased Andy Reid out of town and how we tried to chase Jay Wright out of town. So I'm going to break these down one by one. Oh, boy. Here All we right. go. Terry Francona managed us from 97 to 2000. Okay. Yeah. These are the number of wins he had each year. 68, 75, 77, 65. Right. He was 38 years old when he took that job. Like a relative nobody. First managing job. Yeah. And those are his results. He's 285 and 363, a 439 uh, win percentage. Compare that to the last four years. Is anyone here trying to say Sandberg or uh, Pete McCannon are great managers? No. But if they just go on and have these great careers, you're going to hear Cowherd 20 years from now talk about how we chased him out of town. They had a 63, or sorry, 73, 63, 71, 66. Their win percentage was 18 points lower than Terry Francona's while they're here. And then just to compare it, I'm not, I hate war, but it's just the easiest way to compare this. Players who led the war in those seasons, what Sandberg and McCann are dealing with are Hamels for the one year, which is great, but then the war leaders, Oduble with 3.8, Oduble with 4.3, and then Aaron Nola this year with 4.2. Right, so... Terry Francona... Slightly just below all-star players. Right. Terry Francona is dealing with Kurt Schilling, 6.4, Scott Rowland, 6.7, Bobby Abreu, who everyone who knows me knows I kind of hate him because he never hustled, but great player, 6.1, Bobby Abreu again, 6.2. Like, I don't think Bobby Abreu is a Hall of Famer, like, without looking at his numbers, but you could probably make a halfway decent case with the numbers he ended up putting. Right. Scott Rowland and Kurt Schilling, surefire Hall of Famers. The only reason Schilling, it's Twitter stuff that makes him not a Hall of Famer. And he'll get in eventually. No. You don't think Schilling ever gets in? No. All right. Well, that's a whole other debate we'll get into. But in my opinion, you have at least two surefire Hall of Famers, like, rearing and ready to go with their six-plus war, like, primes right. on those teams. So, in my opinion, Franco is dealing with more talent than what Sandberg and McKenna had. Like, just get the hell out of here with us not, chasing him out of town. Not not a strong point. And here's here's uh, the other thing. We get rid of him after 2000. If he was this great manager back then when we got rid of him, why didn't he get a job again until 2004? Right. Not not a strong point by Coward. I think he was just... It just happened to line up as a coincidence. Like, right. hey, he... Well, he's just he, being an asshole. Well, he's just trying There's to... There's so many nuances to this tra- that he didn't he, look into. He's just trying to sell a point. And guess what? It just so happens Terry Francona gets thrown on there because of his name and it, he happened to be in Philly. Right. I and then another, tend to agree with you that that's a pretty weak point. Right. And then another uh, stat here to back up us Philly fans... Phillies in particular, 257 straight sellouts, National League record. We're great fans. What's up? Let's go on to Andy Reid quick. Now this one, I like. Right. Okay. I like his points here. Now I'm not going to try and jump on the Andy Reid sucks argument here because I'm not going to win that. You're not. Because he's, he's really good. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you how he slightly like wore away his uh, like welcome, I guess, or like his job security year after year, right? So he came out guns a-blazing, had this great start in Philadelphia, right? 2002, however, I'm going to make the argument that we were the best team in football that year. I know. I've heard this argument so many times. Right. We get upset uh, in the, the championship game. Yep. 2003, I don't think we're the best team in the NFL that year, but we get upset again, and we're heavy favorites in the NFC championship game again. 2004, we finally make it to the Super Bowl, but he runs the slow-ass offense. <laughs> the no-huddle. Yeah. The, no, the non-no-huddle. Yeah, the non-no-huddle. Down two uh. scores in the fucking Super Bowl. Like, if you're, When are you going to do it? Whatever. I hold that against him and McNabb to this day. 2005. We run Terrell Owens out of town, which T.O. was being a giant douche. I'm not going to put all this on Andy. But Andy basically just said, no, you're out of here, T.O. And the way he also fucked this up is like, fine, whatever. If you want to be like, hey, T.O., you're a douche. Get out of here. 
You trade him. You don't cut him and let him go to the Cowboys. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Well, uh, so that was fucked locker up. Locker room stuff. Right. Sometimes you make then, a point by right. doing that. But here's here's the thing, too. Okay, so obviously Andy Reid, 99 to 2004, the results were great. However, after that Super Bowl loss, this is what we went under the Andy Reid era. 6-10, and 10-6, 8-8, 9-6-1, 10-7, and 8-8, 9-6-1, 10-7, 8-8. Four and twelve. The trajectory on that was heading just almost straight downward. And if you're keeping score at home, that's a 55, 56, and one record over eight seasons. It's not a small sample. So we are a tie below 500 over eight seasons. Let's not act like Andy Reid was lighting the world on fire those last eight seasons. We also haven't won a playoff game as an organization since 2008. Wow. Okay. So. To act like Andy Reid was just this great coach when we got rid of him, no. Get out of here. You're wrong. Like, I mean, he, he was a great coach, but it's not like we were just... And he was 14 seasons in at that point with no ring. My, my question is, towards the later years, it was still McNabb starting, right? Uh, There was some McNabb, some and Kevin Cobb. Cobb, and some Vic. That's right. There was some Vic at the end. But And then here's the sense, by the way, since we got rid of him. 10-6, and 10-6, and 7-9, 7-9, 3-1. That's 37 and 31. We're six games above 500 since we got rid of it. Right. So I think all that needs to be said. And then the other point here is after Jim Johnson, rest in peace, great defensive coordinator, and Brian Dawkins moved on, just complete inability to replace those guys. And that was what led to these like 4 and 12, 8 and 8 seasons that he what was What about the, the, the Hispanic guy who was oh. the great defensive coordinator? Yeah, what was, was it? that under Juan Castillo? Juan Castillo, the well, offensive line coach, offensive line coach hired to be our yeah defensive coordinator. That went great. And then my last point, where I'm not as passionate about, and I don't, I don't do a whole lot of college on this uh, pod here, so I'll go over it fast. But with Jay Wright, he was hired, and it, Coward's acting like like they're not Duke, whatever. Let Villanova was a storied program. We had a national championship under our belts before Jay Wright ever showed up. Right. And his first three years, we were in the NIT. And in the Big East, they were 21 and 27. And there was some kind of phone scandal with that got 12 players suspended and a two-year NCAA probation. So anyone that starts off like that in their first three years, obviously you're going to be on a hot seat. So Well, and I think the bigger point with Jay Wright, we can skip all the records and crap. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times his teams were great in the regular season and sucked in the sucked tournament. Or I think they have, he has some of the most, but he doesn't get to the second weekend a whole lot. Yeah. Like, it's like the first round or second round, and he's out. Right. So winning that national title was a big deal. I mean, I know people who were calling him an empty suit before that title. Yeah. Because it would just be like, yeah, great regular season, get to the tournament, he can't do it. So. And it's the same argument sort of with Andy Reid. Like, 14 years of it, and we had a lot of good good years, a lot of great runs. But it just gets to a certain point. Like, I would rather be Philadelphia fans demanding excellence and being like, look, sorry, Andy, you've had 14 years, we're moving on, then be Bengals fans and like, hey, Marvin Lewis, baby. Like, I don't know how many years he's actually in, 14, 13 years in or whatever, and it's like... I think he was, he's was he been there ever since the Ravens won that Super Bowl, and he was the defensive coordinator. Right. So, like, 2001? Something like that. It's a long time, like yeah. 15 or 16 years. And they're 0-7 in the playoffs. Like, Yeah, I know. We can get I can just that. tell you that would never happen in Philadelphia. <laughs> it just wouldn't. So, I'm here to... Stand up to Cowherd here, and look, we're the most passionate fans in football, or in sports, I would say, and uh, I think those are just some asinine comments he's making, just because he's all riding Andy's dick over this 4-0 start, but let's hear from well, Cowherd when Andy gets knocked out in the division. He is, I mean, 
let's give credit where credit's due. Andy Reid's a great coach. Andy Reid, every single year, has taken chicken shit and makes a chicken salad. Right. That's my thing. He does a lot with a little. Right. And he so, was also he was also comparing him to Tom Coughlin as one of the great coaches, yada yada. Yeah, he just, and acting like Philadelphia is the only like for running. He started off. He let's, started off by let's comparing remember, winning percentages. Yeah, but remember, literally every season, New York was trying to run Tom Coughlin out. Even like after Super Bowls, they got two Super Bowls out. Yeah. Of them. That would never happen in Philadelphia. I could pick up. I mean, we're gonna move on, but I could pick a million different fan bases that I would consider to be dumber fan bases than Philadelphia. I mean, you got like Miami, for example. You got the Marlins going to World Series, and the stadium's not even sold out. Like, give me a break. How about Chargers fans? All six. Well, of them. that's not fair because they, their team just got taken away from them. Right, but it's just like that's g- not. Give fair. me a break. But, okay. So, Coward, you suck. Coward. Also, I want to point out. I love Colin Coward, but he did make a he made a bad point on the Jets a while ago when he's talking. He brought this up about the Browns and Sam Darnold. How he would tell Sam Darnold yeah, not we're to go. About this, yeah. yeah, how he would tell Sam Darnold to go back to school because if the Browns such a bad a terrible organization. organization. Well, before the year when the Jets were supposed to be the worst, they probably they're one of the worst teams still. But we're supposed to be like zero and sixteen or whatever. Yeah, he was spouting the same stuff about how he shouldn't go to the Jets. He should go back to school, and he made this point about how even with Brett Favre we couldn't make playoffs. And I was like, dude. We were eight and three, and then he tore his bicep, but didn't like tell anybody. Yeah, and we so we went so we went like one and four down the stretch. Like I don't know, man. Yeah, what do you want? I, I tweeted, I'm like weak point, man. Yeah, I respect the hell out of you, but that was just a really bad point to drive it home. Yeah, and hey, just to sum up that too, we both agree. Like you take your first fortune. Yeah, you go to the you go into the how'd that work for Matt Liner? Yeah, it didn't. So. He went back. He could have been the first pick. Would have been the first pick. He would have been the first pick. And then he Instead, he went, to, said he went to Arizona, and then Kurt and Warner beat his ass. If I recall, that was back when like you were the first pick. You were like the highest paid player in the league. Correct. You could have had a ton of money. So he really fucked he up. He really did. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 get away from Colin Coward, and let's yeah, move on to uh, let's, let's move on to recap of last week. All right. So, Eagles. How were those dumb sports fans last yeah. week? Those dumb sports fans took over West Philadelphia over on the West Coast. Right. And uh, we squeaked out a 26-24 win, which I was just chipper about. That's I will say it's a pretty impressive win because I that's a game you expect, at least for me, when I picked the game and took the Chargers. That's a game I expect you to lose. Mm-hmm. They are, like I said last week, a desperate team. They're 0-3. If they don't win, the playoffs are out of the picture. Right. Only one team, the 92 Chargers, have gone 0-4 and made the playoffs. Right. Also, you're traveling across the coast. Mm-hmm. Here's where I've been wrong on the Chargers all year. And what I think we saw finally really come to fruition last week. They have no home field advantage. It's zero. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Playing at home means nothing to them. Yeah. It might as well be a road game. Might as well be a road game. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the biggest oversights see, I've had all year. Did you and see, I'm just I'm going I'm I'm wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Did you see uh the thing about Philip Rivers like bought yeah, some com- kind of van? Yeah, he commutes like two hours every day. Yeah, like he won't even that move can't from be good. San Diego. That can't be good. Yeah, I feel like he. I wouldn't put it past him. I don't have any like inside scoop here, but I wouldn't put it past him to just hang it up. And then the year if they stay up in LA, or or he's gonna go somewhere else, if or they can, trade him, his contract. or they could yeah. trade him, or get right. something for him and draft a new one. But uh, basically, so in the game here, uh, we started off with a touchdown, to Alshon Jeffrey, which is nice to see because I've been calling for it all year as far as I want that Wentz and Alshon chemistry to really get going, and I don't think I've seen it quite yet. No, still even after the touchdown, like not a lot of targets his way. Right. Um, not so much this past week with the Chargers, but just in general, we have been facing a lot of teams with like real good corners. Yep. At least a number one that could help take him out. But yep. uh yeah, I don't know. I'm 
I guess I might have been spoiled, like, referencing again that 04 season with, like, McNabb and T.O., where, like, T.O. is just, like, if you're in trouble, you go to T.O. Right. And uh, I I don't know. I might have just been hoping for that, like, which wasn't very reasonable. But if you look at Alshon's stats on seasons where he's been healthy, they've been pretty crazy. He's good. Um, he's a very good player. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still hopeful that that chemistry really shoots through the roof and we they can really start hooking up. But right now it really seems that the bigger chemistry is between Ertz and Wentz. Also... You guys, you've been running the ball the past couple of weeks, so yeah. inherently you're going to get less opportunities to have that Very uh, true. connection happen. Yes. And uh, this past week, man, did we ever fucking run it? That 30, or what was it, 68-yard run by Blunt, reminiscent of that uh, Marshawn oh, Lynch run against the Saints. Like, just... It would not go down. No. It was beautiful. That, and it was like, that wasn't even the only run. Like, if you watched it, like... Even, like, the seven-yard runs, it was like he was breaking six dude, tackles that guy, to get I don't, I don't know how you tackle that guy... One on one. When he's running pissed like that, dude. I don't know. It's wow. just he's so big. Yeah, it's he's almost, so big. It's almost hard to believe that he only got 16 carries. The way he was running the ball, it was like just give it to him and, and he was going. And like that average 8.5 yards a carry would have been a lot better. But he had, I believe, it was after that 68 yard run, they were like hell bent. I think we were on like the five. And yeah, they, they, just they, like, they we're going to give it to him until he scores. They he got, got like three or times. four carries in there. Because we got an automatic first down at one point, and then there, they did get they ended up what getting bailed out by a penalty there and yeah, setting it up again. And I think uh, Smallwood jumped in. Yeah, Smallwood had a hell of a leap right through two defenders and into the end zone. I've been impressed with Smallwood so far. Uh, he had ten carries, thirty four yards, which not a huge deal. But uh, another thing I'm going to toot my horn on a little bit from the last pod is I said to pick him up in uh, your fantasy league if you can, or in daily fantasy. Uh, I believe I won like five bucks daily fantasy, partly because I picked him up. Uh, that can't be true. You never win at that. <laughs> I did, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't the hundred thousand I was hoping to win. Okay, but he had four catches, forty-eight, uh, five yards on top of that because he's, oh, nice. he's taking some of those sprolls. Yeah, so we're we're Makes just gonna sense. we're gonna pass less to the running backs as a whole since sprolls out. But if you're picking a guy to take the sprolls touches as far as uh, the passing game, I think it's gonna be small. And so far, that seems to be the case. Um, another one I really wanted to comment on here was Corey Clement. I've been big on him ever since the preseason. Right. I was like pounding the table that he needs to make the team. 10 carries, 30 yards, nothing to write home about. But uh, what I thought was really something to take note of is even with the way LeGarrette Blount was running the ball and Deuce Staley, I think it's been mentioned over and over again. It's not so much Doug Peterson. It's a Deuce Staley thing on who is rotated in and out at different times at running back. I think he pretty much gives that responsibility solely to Deuce. But uh, on the last drive of the game, Clement had three carries, all right? 6.07 left in the game on a second and two on the Eagles 33. They give it to him. He gets six yards, first down. Right. 3.55 left, a third and two. So short yardage, need the first down. Eagles 47. They give it to him. He gets the two, first down. Then they give it to him one more time. Two minutes, 22 seconds left, third and one on the Chargers 42. Again, like you would think this is a blunt carry, but I think they're really – getting Clement going, and I really think later in the season you're going to really see a lot more of him. But the third and one there, charges 4-2, he gets four yards, gets the first down. So it, they're really trusting him in, like, short yardage, really needed situations. And well, I, I think yeah. that's something – I think that's definitely of note considering the way LeGarrette Blount was carrying the ball and everything. I think it's something you spoke to earlier about how Peterson doesn't want to give away what they're doing. Right. When Blunt's out there. I mean, I realize he had a 20-yard catch in this game. That was a broken play. Broken uh, play. Yeah. He like when he's in the game, you're probably running the ball with him right. for the most part. So I'm curious if that's down the stretch. He just doesn't want to be. That could be part of it, but telegraphing what he's doing. But I, it, I mean, it is impressive the yeah 
last drive of the game, right. three short yardage situations, two of them third down. And Converting. He converted a three for three. So, And I think that says something, too, about how he only had 30 yards on those 10 carries because I think a good amount of Clement's carries were like, hey, they're probably running the ball here right? kind of situations. Um, but, yeah, keep your eye on Corey Clement because uh, it sounds stupid to say after the game Blunt just had, but I think as the season progresses, you're going to see more and more Smallwood and Clement and maybe a little less Blunt. So um, just keep that in mind. It's also probably good to keep Blunt fresh and not pound, work him so hard. Right. He's, especially, he's been in the league for a while. Especially if we decide we want to play some January football. Right. But uh, And then the other thing of note, I've been tooting the Rasul Douglas horn, but God, did he look bad. He, he wasn't having a good game. So no, the sec- Your secondary in general got burnt this game. Yeah, and I said uh, I wasn't too worried about Keenan Allen beating us over like underneath as much as I was worried about one huge play, and we did give up to Tyrell Williams' 175-yard touchdown. Now, the Keenan, gazelle. Yeah, Keenan Allen, and you yeah you said it would be him yeah. um, and not Travis Benjamin, so you hit that. But uh, Keenan Allen did murder us pretty good, too, for five for 138. Yeah, he had that one big play late. Yeah, so some of it was... Not, I don't know about garbage time, but... No, it wasn't garbage and time. And then uh, the other thing, too, that really needs to be mentioned here is my boy, Jake Elliott. I'm sorry, Big Sturge, day. but he needs... Sturge, you're gone, man. We got our guy. You hit four of them? Yeah, four for four. Follows up... All, so, all of them over 40 yards, correct? Yeah, so follows up the 61. historic 61-yarder with just confidence oozing from him, it seems like. He had... His shortest one was 40, and I don't have them all written down, but I know one was 47, I believe, and the longest was 53. Right, I know that. yeah, and they, he drilled them all. Yeah, and none of them were even really in question. They were all right no. down the middle. So I couldn't be more happy or satisfied so with him. So how fast did you wear an Elliott jersey? I almost thought about coming into this oh week. Oh, my but God, a kicker jersey. That's great. I have a David Akers jersey already. Jesus. It's got the Super Bowl <laughs> emblem on the side. What is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the problem is... And I'm sure I'm not the only one out there who wants this Jake Elliott jersey. The problem is, when you Google Jake Elliott jersey, you can find him left and right for the Bengals. Like, they made him. <laughs> There's Bengals ones out there. It's ridiculous. And they don't have any Eagles ones out there, so you got to custom make it, and that's like 175 bucks. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to need at least one more 61-yard game winner before I'm spending 175 bucks on a jersey. Dear God. <laughs> Buy a fucking kicker jersey. He's the man. So uh, that's pretty much all I got as far as the Eagles. I don't know if you had anything to add in or if you just want to move to Jets. Nah, I mean, I, overall, the Eagles are starting. I mean, that's a, that's an impressive win, yeah. in my opinion, to go across the country like that after. And we have sole possession after, of first you, place. After, now, you pull out, after you pull out a big win in, at home against a division winner. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, against the player or team in your division. It's an impressive win. So, And now we're back home against the Cardinals. Next back week. home against the Cardinals. Well, we'll get to that. Well, we will get to that. Let's recap the Jets. So, guess what? What's the that? Jets are 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. Unbelievable! Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, I would have. If you would have put the over under on like how many weeks are you and I both going to be happy because both our teams won? Wow, not many. No, I mean I, I think you, I picked the Jets to be two we, and fourteen you did. for the season. So, so I they have to maybe lose one. out. One, right? Like, they have to lose out. Yeah, that's not happening. That's probably not happening. Um, but anyway, so the Jets uh, come out. They, I think the Jaguars score on the first drive of the game. I'm like ah. This might not be good. Yeah, Fournette was kind of chewing us up a little bit. They they got him involved in the passing game, but then a crazy play happens on the Jets' first possession. Bilal Powell breaks through the line, untouched, falls down. Nobody's touched him. Yeah, and he just gets. And up the Jaguars stop playing. He gets up and runs for seventy five yard touchdown. Ridiculous! What a what a deal! Yeah, it's like all right, here we go. And from there on out, guess what? Bortles was Bortles. Yeah, he went fifteen for thirty five on the day. Oof. Oh, please bet again, please. Let Blake Bortles be a favorite all the time. 
It's terrible. Never bet with Blake Bortles. Yeah. Trust me. And we both actually hit taking the Jets last we week. We did. Um, that's two weeks in a row. Yeah. J-E-T-S. Uh, anyway. Well, then um, the craziness turned around then. You guys were getting ready to go in with the nail in the coffin touchdown. Oh, yeah. And McCown. McCown. They, they do like the swing Str- route to the running back. Yeah. Throws it a lateral, like 90-degree pass, just and Miles Jack picks Takes it up. Takes to the house. Miles Jack was a running back part-time. Yeah, Miles Jack's very athletic. Right. What is he doing? Like He's acting like he never had a football in his hand because he was running with looking over his shoulder left and right. Dude, just grab the football and run. Hey. He ended up making it anyways. Yeah, he scored the touchdown. He's not like a slow guy. I don't, no, he's, I don't he's very athletic. Was, if Who he knows? was like a 290-pound lineman, I could yeah. see him looking over his shoulder the whole way. Right. Either way, that about that killed weird. us. And the Jags actually should have won the game. They had the ball on our four-yard line in regulation, down a f- down three. They couldn't score. Yeah. We held them to a field goal. We get to overtime. And it's again, it's a miracle. We ended up pinning them back in there, close to their end zone. They had to punt to us. We make one play. We I think they got they had a penalty, or we made a play, and we got to like a decent range, and Cannonzaro put it into them. Yeah. Guess what? Jets win. Yeah. But overall, pretty... Pretty good game out of our defensive line, which is something that hasn't been there quite yet. Yeah. Coney Ely, the guy we picked up from the Panthers, who was like had the—I think he was the one who had a good Super Bowl, great Super Bowl game. Um, he he was good. He almost had a pick six on Bortles as a as a big guy, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mario Davis again continues to be a great middle linebacker for us. A lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of stuffs of Fournette, but the big the big concern is still Muhammad Wilkerson. Has basically generated nothing thus far. Four games, he only has seven hurries, no sacks. So I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Mm-hmm. But it's a problem. I mean, Ely and Will- and Gerald Williams have been playing great, but uh, let me ask you this: Wilkerson hasn't been getting going. So in my one dynasty fantasy league, I have both the Eagles defense and the Jets defense, among others. Right. Because it's a thirty-man roster, so I have like seven defenses. Sure. Anyways, uh, right now I have the Jets in there. Do you like the Jets' defense at the Browns better, or do you like the Eagles' defense at home against the Cardinals? Yeah, take the Eagles. Think take take the, the home D. Home okay. defense. Jets are feeling good coming off two wins. The Browns. I'm not saying I'm picking the Browns, but like, I feel like they're gonna. They have to play better. They got. They just got embarrassed by Cincinnati at home. That's they'll, what they do, though. They'll play better. I think under uh, what's his name, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, they're like one and nineteen. Yeah, I mean they're not very good, but I really. Think the Eagles' defense is going to just chew up Carson Palmer? Do you? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to wait and see if Fletcher Cox plays. I think. Okay. But uh, all right. So let, let, you want to move on to next week here? Yeah, let's move on to next week. It was a good Jets win. We're two and two. No one in the world believes it, but we're playing the Browns, so we actually have a legitimate chance of being three and two. Right. Unbelievable. So, so last week we both are buying our own beer here. We both went three and two. Right. Successful week. That's what you aim for. You do. That's all you want. Three and two. Um, so for the season, we're both nine, ten, and one. Right. Which is a lot of both beings for not a lot of common picks. Last week, I believe we had a Couple. lot of yeah, a lot of shared picks. But uh, yeah, so we're doing we're doing all right. Not quite where we want to be, but you get another couple three twos in a row, and, and we're feeling all right. Yeah. So let's go with the Eagles first. Eagles are minus six at home against the Cardinals. I'm gonna take the Eagles and give you the points. I'm gonna do the same for the first time all year. There you go. And here's why. I don't think I've picked against the Eagles. Already. You haven't. Yeah. I, d- I don't know that you ever will. <laughs> you can't, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like the fact that the Cardinals have to travel east. They're notoriously not good at that. 
Mm-hmm. I think last year, <clears throat> I mean, they ended up not having a great season, but they traveled east to the Bills in like an early week and got their ass kicked. Yeah. So I, I like the fact they're traveling east. I also like the fact that they have no running game yeah. right now without DJ. And I think if you pressure Carson Palmer effectively, which you guys should be able to do, he is old and slow and can't move in the, around the pocket as well as he used to, and you guys should chew him up. Mm-hmm. So I think I just, I just think you're going to beat him by more than a touchdown. I think you guys could actually run away with this game. I don't think they're very good. I, I don't so. think they should have been favored last week. Or, I mean, favored by seven points at home. I think I, I almost think this is too little. I think it should be more. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Because uh, basically what this is saying... So in is neutral it, field, it'd be three points. Right, but on if you were playing them at their place, it would be a pick em. That's what this is saying. And I would just pound the hell out of you guys <laughs> over there. So yeah. I, I don't I yeah. don't see it. No, I, I totally agree. Um, the thing that people have been doing to counteract our good pass rush and take advantage of our bad secondary is like... There's been like less than two second passes like left and right. Right. Us. So I would expect more of the same of that. So I don't know if we're gonna but like, you know what, tally up if the you, sack totals or anything. If you watch the Cardinals ever play, they like to go down the field. They do. They're down the field, push the ball kind of team. So I don't think they line up to be a quick strike team. Now maybe they get Fitz going right. and he's just over the middle doing his thing. But I would assume that they're still gonna try to push the ball down the field in which right. they and, will need. And compared to past years, I actually don't hate our corners the same way I used to. They're not very great, but and I'm ready for uh, what's his face that we traded for to get back. Yeah, but but do you have is McLeod back yet? Yes, he played last. Okay, um, so that really helps because we have strong safety play. Right, but uh, I really like as much as Jalen Mills gets picked on and as much as uh, Russell Douglas sucked last week. Like they're not that bad in my opinion. Like they're the okay. weak spot on the team, but it's like I think it's a weak spot you can live with. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Again, I just think we're a much better team than the Cardinals. So I'm going to take uh, Eagles minus six, and so is Pete. So let's First go. First agreement yeah. on the Eagles this year. So let's go to the Jets. I have a feeling we might agree again here, but this is a pick em game. Jets at the Browns. I'm going to pick the Jets. Because, like I said, the Browns under Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson are 1 and 19. So basically, with this being a pick em game, I'm saying I think the Browns will win. Right. And you basically have a 5% chance of the Browns winning under okay. New Jackson. So I'm going to take the 95% You're chance take, and yeah. say they lose. <laughs> I'm going to do the same just because I can't, with a like full, like full, good heart, pick the Browns to win a game. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. So Why by, would you? I mean, I'm not – I'm a little concerned because we're traveling to the Browns. Off, off of two home wins, we're feeling good. Mm-hmm. People are starting to say maybe we're not that bad. Yeah. That's like, I don't know when you get the letdown. That's usually when you get the letdown. Right. And by God, if you if we're three and two, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of especially if the Patriots somehow end up two and three. Also, the Browns have to win a game at some point. They're not as zero and sixteen team. Probably not. So I don't know. They were one and fifteen last year, though. I'm taking I'm taking the Jets. Okay. So now, uh, for anyone that might be listening for the first time here, we pick every Eagles and Jets game, and then we pick any three games you want. And again, whoever picks the less amount of correct games buys the beer for the next pod. Right. So, you want to go? F- uh, we tied, and you won the last time, so mm-hmm. you can go first. Yeah. So my first game, which is kind of a shocking line to me. Okay. I wasn't expecting this, but I'm going to take the Bills plus three. Okay. I almost took that one. I yeah. didn't though. I'm going to take the Bills plus three at Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't know. The I think Bills the, are better than I the think, Bengals. 
I would say. Yeah, I think the Bills are better than the Bengals. Um, I don't know. The Bengals finally looked, they looked good. Yeah. I mean, they looked better against Green Bay, but... They looked good against the Browns. They looked good against the Browns. Browns. Right, but it's the Browns. So, I'm not ready to go ahead and say that I want to pick the Bengals in that game. I, I just like the Bills with points. Right. I mean, I mean, this is if there's going to be a letdown for them, this is probably where it's going to happen after they have a big win against Atlanta on the road. You're starting to feel yourself a little bit, yep. and you let down in Cincinnati. But I just I, don't know. I wasn't at the point. The reason why I didn't take that game is I'm not at the point with the Bills where I really trust them yet. Yeah, and I'm having a hard time pinning what I think about the Bengals on there. Like I don't think they're that good a team, but I think a lot of that's Andy Dalton. I think that. Like I'm waiting for Joe Mixon to have some explosive. I know, game. but at the same same token, I'm waiting for Lashawn McCoy to have a big game. You're right. And he, he hasn't. Has, he's he has, been all right in fantasy, but just because of the volume. He right. Has. He. I mean, he gets volume and he gets involved in the passing game, but I haven't seen like the big play out of him yet. Right. So I'm. He has I'm, 29, so I'm hoping they're still there. Okay. Yeah. But there's there's that chance that mm-hmm. the big plays are gone and we're not seeing right. them anymore. I, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm waiting for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have him on my fantasy team. I I was banking on he had one more good year in him, so. But I bet it's there too. Another thing I'm going to do when I actually bet this game, I'm teasing them up to nine because I don't think in my in the in this world that the Bengals are nine points better than the Bills. There you go. So I th- I think the safe place to tease them up. Okay. Because even in a letdown, I think it'll be a close game. There you go. I like that. Um. So my first pick, I'm going to go Packers plus one and a half at Dallas. Okay. Um. Basically, I think the Dallas is. Kind of going to have a season-long letdown as opposed to the season they had last year. Okay. And I don't think that their home field compared to other home fields have ever been that big an advantage. And also, uh, it's just an Aaron Rodgers thing against what I consider to be a pretty weak secondary. Right. So, and I'm getting a point and a half. Right. I sort of expected Dallas to be getting a point and a half or something. Really? Nah, you can't. I don't know, dude. Aaron, of, it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, nah, you can't. So... I don't know. Rogers is going to be walking in a little weak as far as weapons in that game, unfortunately. Um, uh, Adams might play. Adams might play. Adams might play. And then I heard uh, Montgomery might play as well. Right. But they're both dinged up. Yeah. So we'll see. But, again, that's just me taking Aaron Rodgers. I think if you made me pick that game just as a pick em, I would pick the Packers. And the fact that I'm getting a point at half, uh, that's just why I'm going to take that. I'm not, like, I'm not in love with any of these other three picks this week, but that's that. Guess what? I agree. Okay. Is that one of yours? It is one of mine. Um, my big thing here is I don't know if Sean Lee's going to play. Okay. And that's a big thing for yeah. them Yeah. on defense. Again, this we'll point out the secondary, not that great. Yeah. So I think Rodgers could pick them apart. Yep. But the bigger point is the Packers are coming off a Thursday night game. They've had 10 days. I did. I had that in my thoughts, yeah, too. I that's one of the that. things I kind of want to hone in on. Yeah, the longer week. Longer week. And it kind of... The only thing I'd be concerned about here is that Dallas's running game hasn't gotten off to a big start, or like it hasn't been as effective as it was yeah, last like, year. So he's got a 150-yard game up his sleeve. Yeah, I'm curious if like the Packers' um, defense. I mean, that's they're not that great either. No, but and the Cowboys haven't been converting third downs as much this year, which has been leading to why they're not sustaining their drives and not. You doing their they time? They like forgot pos- about Witt in the last two games. Well, yeah, great. and they're not they're not doing their time of possession game. Like I yeah. think they're averaging less than the other team, which is a big deal for them because their whole strategy is, hey, we're going to run the ball, we're going to hold the ball, yeah. and our defense isn't going to be on the field that long. And when it is on the field, it's going to be rested. Right. So you can 
cover it up a little bit. Speaking of which, I think I neglected to say this, but the Eagles lead the league in time possession this they year, do. which is kind of odd for a reluctant run team. I mean, we're well, not so reluctant the last two. You're weeks. not so reluctant. I think that's your new, uh, yeah. new little strategy moving Hopefully forward. Hopefully, Doug learned that. But yeah, so in the end, I like the Packers plus a point and a half. Just give me Rodgers with ten days of rest. I guess. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know anything about their tackles yet because they they're on like they're. I'm playing right tackle for them next. Yeah, week. I think I'm playing left. So tackle. yeah, we might be playing tackles. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not the case for our picks. But yeah, I'm taking the Packers plus one and a half. All right. So then my second one, and this is probably a little bit of a pride pick as much as anything, but uh, last week I made the uh, hot take that the Rams are going to win that division, and they went into Dallas and won. Yeah. And I was bragging to Pete before we did this pod, and he was like, oh, you know, it's early. But not anyways. there yet. Come on. Yeah. So anyways, uh, while the Seahawks also did win last week, they were in a th- 18-18 tie late in the third quarter with the shitty-ass Colts. A team that got dominated by the Rams. Now, I know we're not comparing. It's apples and oranges because it's change. Because Scott Stolzine actually started that game. Right. Not Jacoby Brissett. But uh, this is a Rams home game against Seattle. So they're finally head-to-head. And I think this will tell a lot about uh, yeah, how the division we're, goes. Yeah, we're going to learn a little something this week. Right. And I'm only giving away a point here. Right. And uh, I think I'm going to ride the hot seat here with the, the Rams. And I'm going to go Rams minus one is my second pick. Interesting. Big, big brother versus little brother here. Yeah. I think they have something to prove, so they're going to come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And even when they suck, they would typically split with Seattle. And like was like I said last week, when I was wrong with my, one of my two wrong ones, picking the Colts plus thirteen because I just thought that number was too big. Right. Um, I did acknowledge that Seattle's a great home team, and like while they are a great home team, they're kind of one of those teams that travels poorly. Oh yeah, they're not a very good road team. Yeah. I think they might be under five hundred. Like they'll in typically Russell go tenure. Yeah, they'll typically go at least seven and one at home. Yeah, very good home team. And then, and then they just try to be 500 on the road. Right. So it's a road game against a team that usually splits with them when they're bad. They're a lot better now. They're hot. They got something to prove. I'm taking the Rams. Interesting. I feel like it might be a letdown spot. There, People are really feeling the Rams, man. They it's are like, feeling the Rams. I'm about, not feeling them to the tune of best offense in the league or whatever. Right. And that's my, that's my thing. I don't think they've faced a great defense yet. Right. So... This will be a big test. If they perform against the Seahawks defense, I'm going to be a little impressed. Right. But show me Jared Goff facing a good defense, and we'll talk. And Lewis Riddick, one of the people I respect because I typically think he's saying smart things on his okay. without hesitation said the Rams won that division. Did you have former Eagles ties? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But Just wanted to point that, that out. That has nothing to do with it. Though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your last pick. This was a struggle. A lot of a lot of tight lines this week. A lot of like twos and ones and under threes. I'm taking the Lions minus two against Carolina. Okay. And I'm not. You're not re- sure why. I'm, I don't have a strong opinion on this, yeah. except that I'm not sure that Carolina's still that good. No, they're really they weird. they they had a big game against the Pats, and the Pats defense is atrocious right now. Yeah. And I still think they're missing some weapons. Like I mean, obviously Olsen's out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Benjamin, I know how he played in the game. I don't think he was in on a majority of the snaps. I mean, he had four, he had four catches for like 104 yards, so he had some big plays. Yeah. But I just think Detroit is a better defense than people give them credit for. They can't for. get Christian McCaffrey going either for some reason. Well... Apparently they've tried to get him. Re- they've really tried to get him going some games. Like they. Well, no, they'll will... give him touches, but it's not yeah. happening yet for some reason. And I don't yeah. think it's a Christian McCaffrey isn't an NFL player problem. No. I think there's, but now yeah, I'm 
I'm with you. I think I don't know. I think the, the Lions Panthers, just because like I didn't make that one of my picks here, but like if you go back and listen to all these pods, like I'm probably sounding like such an idiot going back and forth on the Panthers, but like like some weeks I've picked them. Yeah. Some weeks I've been like they suck. I'm picking against them, but like and I think before the year like this was just in our, like our group text message, uh, but like we were talking about. I was going on a rant about how like Rogers should win more NFC championships than he does, yada yada, and uh, we were saying like we all agreed we pretty much expect the Packers to do it, but I was like they probably won't do it this year though because that's just what they do for some reason. And I was trying to think of another team that will do it, and I just think the NFC is wide open. Mm-hmm. This is before Week One, and I was like I don't know, maybe the Panthers have a bounce. Well, back a lot of people expected the Panthers to bounce back, bounce back from last season. Yeah, but I, I Cam just... looks so rough. I mean, last he, week he had a better. great game. Yeah, but I think we have to adjust that because the Patriots have been the worst defense in the league. Yeah. So, like, good for you. Yeah. You look good against the Pats, who haven't... They're like the new Saints. I, I guess. I mean, I think they'll correct that as the season goes on, but I don't know. I'm not... I think the Lions are sneaky, like, kind of... They're in game... They're, there's always in games. I just don't know. Yeah. I and didn't... they're home. Like, I don't know. I'm taking them. I wouldn't have gone touch that game with, like, a 28-foot pole or whatever the saying is, because... I don't trust either of those games, teams. I don't know what to think about I think either. the Lions are better than you think. And I, I I mean, I've always liked Stafford. I think Stafford's a very good quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. I like very Matt clutch. Stafford. Yeah. Overpaid, but... Eh, uh, is he? Is he overpaid? Well, he's not the best quarterback in the league. Okay, but that doesn't paid. matter. That doesn't matter. Well, it's a salary cap that's, league. But that's the market, though, dude. Like, okay, don't pay Matt Stafford $27 million. Who's your quarterback? Well, all right. It doesn't matter. No, you want to keep Matt Stafford. You're right. You, you want to keep him, but with that number, I don't think you can build. But that's the what every, cast But that's him. what everybody's going to get paid. Right. The next guy's going to make more. Matt Ryan's going to get more. I understand that's what the market says get more. he's worth. I'm just saying you won't have a good team with that being the number you're paying your quarterback. Mm, all right. Anyways, my last pick is, and there's almost no logic to this. This is just, I can't see the Patriots going two and three. Okay. And so. I'm taking the Patriots, and I'm going to give the Buccaneers five points. And that sounds insane when you can pretty much chalk the Bucks up for scoring 31 points this week. But I just can't picture the Patriots losing again. And I just think, like, you can talk, chalk the Patriots' offense up for 30 points too, right? So It's always like, a matter. We talked about, yeah, about this for the last three weeks. Yeah, just it's hold a, the Bucks to, like, 24 points, and I promise you'll win this bet. But I don't know if... They can do it. Can they do it? I don't know. It's a short week, too. Yeah. Like, what are they really fixing and I have, this week? I have irrational trust in the Patriots. Like, you I do. Just, I, just I think assume, we all do. Yeah, I just assume they're going to figure it out. Right. Like, it's their coaching staff is so great. Yeah. Brady's that great. And, like, I mean, Brady's got 10 touchdowns, no picks, like, so far this year. Like, he's, he's oh, Bradying. Dude, the offense has been unbelievable. It's still the same offense. Yeah, they're, it's just the They're giving you 30 points bad. a game. The defense is killing them. Yeah. And especially with these like covering, you can't you can't give them right. more, you can't this is a this is a tough line because like they're road favorites in Tampa, a team who was supposed to be good. Right. I mean here the If best, it were a different team and a different line, like I kinda went into the week thinking like, oh well you just take the points and the whoever's playing the Patriots. I think I think the best way to bet this game is to tease up the Bucks. That might be because true. But we who don't the do hell? Teases on our we don't. But I'm just saying for anybody listening, I think the best way to tease this game is to give the Bucks eleven and a half or eleven points, whatever your line is. Yeah, like and just trust that they'll the, score twenty four. How are the Patriots eleven points better than anybody right now? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, they could show up and just beat the what hell out of them. The first game you said you wanted to tease. It was your Bills. first game. Bills. There you go. 
Bills and Bucks. Yeah, so might not be bad. Two. Might not be bad. Look into it. I typically, I still get, again, it's the Patriots. It's like the Tom Brady, being afraid of Tom Brady. Like, I'm probably not going to do it. Because I'm just afraid, like, he's going to, they'll, they'll figure it out this week and they'll be just, uh, a, they'll he, dominate. Right. Also, Jameis Winston has shown an affinity to turn the ball over. Yeah. So maybe it's just one of those weeks where he's trying to push it too much. And they ended up, they end up getting, like, two or three turnovers and then. They will, they will win by more than five and a half if they get two or three turnovers. Right. And I just think... Because they will not turn the ball There's over. more talent on the Patriots' defense than what this is happening. Like, they don't have pass rushers, really, but, like... That's a problem, though. Malcolm Butler, and you got Gilmore, and you got, uh... What's his name? The safety that's great that I'm drawing a blank McCourty. on. McCordy? Yeah. Like, you got some real talented guys back there. And I understand you can only cover people for so long if you're not going to get pass rush. And they have, they're having communication issues between the two of them. And also, I guys. think their linebackers are slow. I mean, Hightower just came back last game. Yeah. So that's a big problem for them. They're they're just slow. It is, and it's a shame. Not that anyone should feel bad for the Patriots. No, it's not a shame. It's great. <laughs> they should lose every week. But it's a shame great. that like you would. How many good years of Brady could you possibly have left if you're the Patriots, right? Hopefully not. And so, if you're a Patriots fan, it's a shame that you're gonna give him this defense to work with in one of your last years of Brady. It's I not think, a shame. I think it's his last year there. By the way, I think they go Garoppolo after this year. Not nothing because of Brady, but you got to pay Garoppolo. It's not a crazy point. That's a topic for another day. Though. It is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically what we have for this week. So, like I said, I got Eagles minus six, Jets pick them. We both have those two. Yep. And then I got Packers plus one and a half, Rams minus one, Patriots minus five. Yep, and, again, we both have the same Eagles and Jets picks. And I have Bills plus three, Packers plus one and a half, and Lions minus two. All right. So that pretty much covers this week. We're going to stop back in next week and uh, see – who did uh, the better job and is buying beer? How'd you think? What'd you think of your beer today? Um, I had a little bit of high hopes because I really like Irish red ales. However, this one was a little bit sweeter than I'm typically used to for a red ale. So I don't know. Not bad. Listen, I like beer, so like I'm never gonna be like that was trash. Yeah. This was fine. Yeah. I'll probably give it a two seven five or a two and a half, something like that. Okay. Not not my favorite. I beer. think I feel the same way about this. Really? It was whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it was a victory that I had to drink because uh, Eagles won. Right. But it was, yeah, it was whatever. I mean, would I drink it again? Yeah, someone handed it to me. But if I'm at the bar, I'd probably pick something else. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I'm absolutely picking something else. Yeah. So, I don't know. Give it a try yourselves and, and see if you guys like it or not. But uh, give us a follow, too, on uh, Twitter and on Untapped. What's your uh, login I'm, tweet? I'm Petsky41 on both Twitter and Untapped. And I'm going to be a Wolf31 on Twitter and on Untapped, Alex Wolf31. And more importantly, follow us on the actual podcast Twitter, yes. which is Microbrew Sports. Uh, and we like to live tweet things. And yeah, you're going, to, you're going to be seeing a lot of live tweets during these Yankee playoff games. Yeah. And if you ever want to get into a debate with any of our tweets, we very much welcome that too. So until next week, we'll be seeing you guys. Colin Cowherd, fuck off.